Welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, presented by Roast House Pub and Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland, as well as Havoc Brew Supply, the one-stop shop for all of your brewery's needs. Check them out at hophavoc.com. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Dino Finari, the founder of Vitamin C Brewing in what what is the I don't I don't know what the actual city is in It's yeah, I know, right? It, it's uh, actually pronounced Weymouth. Okay. I always just say Boston adjacent. It's, that works too. We're <laughs> close enough. Where, yeah, people know where Boston is, so it seems like that's a safe bet. <laughs> Absolutely. So, when uh when was Vitamin C founded? You just had a semi-recent anniversary right yeah we we celebrated four years in february so uh we we actually opened february of 2019 uh so we got a good year year plus in before the uh, pandemic hit before you got kicked in the stomach yeah um although you were you did you open uh with canning and packaged product in mind or what did you are you one of the breweries that had to do a real quick pivot to no actually yeah we our, our model was was such that we were we were canning right out of the gate or uh, we used mobile canning but but uh but we were pat you know we were packaging our beer in cans and selling from the from the uh, from the tap room uh, since the beginning so it, it for us it was more of um playing catch up because all of a sudden it was like everybody was in line waiting for for beer yeah. and stocking up right with the, the fear of the unknown so um we pivoted a little bit in the sense that we had to uh, we had to produce more and package more than what we had expected. So it was a big boom for uh, for canning line manufacturers as everyone got frustrated with not being able to get uh, time slots with mobile canners. Yeah, we had kind of um, reached out ahead of time in a way and just said, "Hey, slot us in for the next," you know. 24 months type of thing. Uh, we, we never really had an intention of, of buying a canning line and in retrospect now it's worked out fine that way. Um, the, the, our partner that we use Ironheart has been, has been great with us and, and they're, they're very accommodating. And if there's any issues at all, we, we typically don't even know about them. Um, so we, we, uh, it was definitely the right decision. And no one, no one there has to become the expert on how to constantly fix a canning line. That's right. That's right. It's, I think it says something when the manufacturers of the canning lines actually call them um, and and reach out to them to to be their their tech teams out in the out in the field. I think that that says enough. Yeah, and I, if I remember correctly, they even have their own special canning lines, right? I think that the Wild Goose has made like has a model that's specific for them. <gasps> I heard something about that. I, I can't confirm it, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, if two people have heard it, it maybe from the same person, but we'll ignore that part. If two people have heard it, it's true. Then it's gotta be true. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you see it on Wikipedia, it's obviously true. Two people well, have said it. It's fact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, it, if it's not true, we can edit it to make it true. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, um, what led you to want to start vitamin C? Boy, that's a good question. Um, so I actually started home brewing back in 1991, believe it or not, um, and was terrible at it. So I, I put it down and, and okay, then good. Kinda, so I know you're telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like everybody else was terrible, <laughs> right? When they first started. What? So uh, what? What was your first homebrew with? What did you use a? This was so. This was like back when you'd buy a kit way back when. Was it a Mr. You, beer? 
I don't even think Mr. Beer was around then. Oh, okay. uh, it it may have been, but it was like the the same thing where you you have you know buckets and you know the the whole you know extract kit and all that. Yeah. It just stunk up the house and exploded everywhere, and it was <laughs> yeah, it was it was a mess. So I did that for a little bit and was like, all right, maybe this isn't the right time. And then um, got into home wine making and did that for for quite a bit of time, probably about twenty five years or so. Um, I really enjoyed doing that every year. And then like, you know, I guess about ten years ago, just kind of got the itch again to to get back into to home brewing and started brewing with a with a friend every every Saturday at the house and. Uh, just, you know, kind of, it kind of compounded from there and, you know, some other friends would come by and, and it just became like a, a weekly, you know, ritual, if you will. And, uh, the beer was like slightly better and, and, uh, then, the, then those initial batches and then, um, started to get better and better as we, we continued to progress and learn and, and, um, and then eventually just, we would get the beer out to friends and, um, we had this, this cooler in the front yard that we would, we'd leave, you know, cans of our beer in there and people could come by and pick them up to try and kind of give <laughs> us like their, the, their opinion, you know, it's like the, the little neighborhood, uh, library, but with yeah. The, or the, the egg stand, <laughs> we have one of those, like uh, the people leave their eggs out, you know, for, for people to come get, but the honor system. So we did that. And, um, and people were just kind of like, you know, this is, this is good. Like you should do something with this. And we were just kind of like, okay. You know, like, so it, it was weird. It was like, it was almost like, people kind of pushed us into it because um, it really wasn't the intention uh, at first. It was to make beer and make, try to make good beer, Yeah. but more for our own consumption and, you know, being hobbyists and being, being like what we consider to be artists, I guess. Um, that was, that was why we did it. But um, yeah, so we, so we, you know, we kind of went along with that and decided to like start taking it serious. And then we realized that, oh, wait a minute, this is like a business and this is like a real legit thing. And we have to make hard decisions and, uh, you know, there's money involved and, and all that stuff. So we, um, wrote a business plan and, um, and started to look for, for locations and talk to banks and the whole, the whole thing. And, uh, all and the here, fun part, all the fun part. <laughs> um, you know, we, we're actually not even in the, the initial town we wanted to be in. Uh, although it's worked out great for us. Um, and we, I, I think our, our, our dream or idea of what we had, we were going to be from when we opened is completely different now than, than what it was. Then we, we opened uh, much larger, uh, found a much bigger space, which is great because the way things went, um, we would have certainly been in trouble right out of the gate at the other place. Um, with a much smaller system as well. So we wouldn't have just, we wouldn't have the capability to grow the way we've, we've been able to, to do that. And we're lucky with the space that we have, we've been able to scale up and, and uh, really organically grow the business, you know, based on de demand and, and, and um, you know, what the, the way the market's gone and the way people buy beer and all that, it's, we've been able to kind of shift and, and make, make those changes uh, on the fly, if you will. What size system did you uh, open with? So we, um, we have a, a 10 barrel, kind of like an oversized 10 barrel okay. brew house from Deutsche down in Charlotte. Um, we actually do like 12 and a half barrel turns. Uh, and then we fill 20 and 30 barrel, uh, fermenters. And then we still actually have our, our homebrew system, um, which we brew on like five days a week. Uh, that's a treat when we do collabs with people, they, they come through and they see that thing and they're all, they're all jealous <laughs> because it, it gives us a chance to do like one or two barrel batches of test beers that we can, 
we can put on in the tap room and, and try out and, and see, you know, kind of gauge people's interests and, and not have to commit, you know, 20 barrels to a, a red ale or something that we, we, you know, we probably wouldn't move so fast in cans, but something yeah. that we, we like, and we know the consumer is going to like, gives them, gives it they're constantly rotating. Yeah, uh, so enough able- people, enough people are going to enjoy it, but not quite enough that you want to dedicate ten or twenty it, barrels to. It, it, exactly. Yeah, you can get through thirty, sixty gallons of something pretty easily, especially yeah, like with, the, on a busy there's weekend. All, there's always those people clamoring for clamoring for a brown ale, but yeah. there's just not that many of them. <laughs> all, for, all, for, all three of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you hope they come back uh, throughout the week, but so it's uh, it's nice. It gives us that flexibility, and and um, usually what we'll do is we'll create a beer on that system, um, and then try it out and see how it goes. And if we get if we get the response that we we really like, then then I'll go ahead and scale that up, and it'll be a, a contender for for our candidate for uh, for the big system to be packaged in cans. When you started out, and I I mean I guess the, the question even applies to currently. Were you doing a lot of the brewing or did you hire a brewer? To- no, no, we, we, um, one of my partners, um, was doing the, the, the brewing, um, initially. Um, and then, uh, he has since moved on after year one and, and we, uh, the, one of our other partners actually, uh, took over okay. for that aspect of it. So I, I do all the recipe development and still am involved in, in really every aspect of it, but, um, you know, trying to run a business is, is, uh, you know, there's a lot of other things going on. <laughs> well, yeah, there's the, yeah. that's one thing that's often been said yeah. during a lot of these interviews is that the, a lot of people, when they get into it, it's for the love of the beer. And then you realize like the business aspect of it is way yeah. more we, than just making the beer. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. Like at the end of the day, it, it started as a hobby, but it is a business and I'm just, I'm fortunate to have the partners that I have. And, and actually the, the, the folks that are here, the, the family that we have here is, is amazing. So I, I know we're in good hands and, and um, you know, everybody kind of knows what they need to do to get, to get things done. So um, they don't like seeing me back in the production area. <laughs> like, Oh, what's he, what's he doing here? You know, he must be lost. Um, how, how large is your distribution footprint? Cause I know, uh, just recently you entered my home area of Maryland and you're yeah. pretty widely available at any, any beer store that specializes in carrying craft beer. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts. Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. 
Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we, we still, we're, we're, we've tried to be pretty strategic with things. Um, had COVID not happened, we, we might not be in your state at this yeah. point, but um, we're right now currently, um, we're in most of New England, uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont. Uh, mass only draft, no, no cans. You have to come here to buy cans here in the state of mass. Um, and even our draft, it's, it's pretty small footprint of, of accounts. I think we probably got about 40 draft accounts in the okay. state. Um, Rhode Island, uh, New York, Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland, Delaware, uh, DC, Virginia, um, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Tennessee from time to time, uh, Georgia, Florida, uh, California. So um, it, it sounds like, so I just recorded, uh, we ended up recording an episode almost every year, uh, but with Kushwa and yeah. they have kind of like the same, very same, like sporadic, I guess it's not a, a kind of distribution. Is it, is that a lot of based on like when you're at a festival or you're doing events, abs- you pick up. The- Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, Hey, this is maybe this is a good market. You know, we're yeah. already sending beer down there. So let's do a drop. Let's do a drop of cans and a drop of kegs. And, um, you know, we're also doing, uh, we've got, you know, this year we're looking at opening up a few more states, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Um, we're, we're, you know, in a growth mode here. So, um, you know, you might see other locations at some point here without saying too much. <laughs> so we got to make sure that we're going to have enough beer for, 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 for those as well. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But we are doing some international stuff as well. Um, which has been fun. Uh, and again, I yeah. find that just insane. Like, yeah. uh, it, but like from a financial standpoint, because the prices I've seen that people in Asia and Europe are paying for American craft breweries is yeah. just mind blowing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, what's crazier is, you know, they pick up beer on a Friday for Japan and they're drinking it like on a Monday, Tuesday. That's so. Is it all uh, but, flown over, or is it? Yeah, boats yeah. Just that um, fast now. No, for Japan, our 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 importer flies it over. Um, we do some stuff with China. That's cold chain, but that's that's on on ships. Um, and then the European stuff is 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 flown over as well. So, uh, you know, growing growing markets. Uh, a lot of beer drinkers there, and they love American craft beer. So. Uh, it was just kind of a natural fit. And, yeah. you know, we're starting to do more collabs with some international breweries and, and, oh, that's um, cool. and we got a bunch scheduled too. And then, and then it just, it makes it, it makes for, for, you know, doing a launch in one of these countries a lot better. Like we, we, um, we had folks in from mountain culture brewery in Australia a couple of weeks back and, you know, we're, we're working on a, on a beer together and then we're talking about doing a launch there because Australia is one of the markets we're looking to open up this year. So, you know, maybe going down there, doing some tap takeovers, can drops, things like that. And then doing, are you just picking collab. places that you want to go visit? I know it sounds that way, right? <laughs> it sounds that way. Um, no, <laughs> it's just, they reach out to us, which yeah. is, is pretty cool. So, um, so in, in those markets are, are the people buying the beer, like super geeky craft beer people who are like going on and finding the breweries they would want so they're aware of the brands when they're there or is it just that when they're dropped by those distributors like it it's that it being an american craft brewery is the draw i think it's funny it's 
I have people here in Weymouth that walk into the tap room and are like, well, geez, when did you guys open? Like, we didn't even know you were here. And it's like, well, geez, we've been here for four years. <laughs> yeah. And they're, you know, they live, you know, five blocks away. And then you've got people from Japan that are like, you know, checking our beer in or posting it and stuff like that. It's just, <laughs> so, so it's, you know, social media obviously helps. Um, yeah. And people are, you know, you know how us beer geeks are. We, we, we find, we find a way and, yeah. and you know, find the stuff. So it's, it's, they're not, they're, they're, they're very knowledgeable and, and they're very aware of what's going on there um, with American craft beer. We're, we're lucky that we live in a, a pretty great area here in the Northeast um, between colleges and, and the, the hospitals and sports and all that. I mean, we're in a pretty big tourist area too. So we, we do get a lot of, you know, um, worldwide travelers. So people are aware. It, it is crazy how often that happens though, with like a local person won't know like this extremely popular craft brewery is right in their town and like mm-hmm. discover it years later after like. Every- yeah. Usually, usually they'll read something in the newspaper or something, you know, it's yeah. typically like an expansion thing or, you know, someone's opening a new tap room or someone's doing this, or there was this event and that's when they find out about you. Yeah. Um, that's just the, I guess the, 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 the way this industry is and, and the way that, you know, the, you know, breweries market themselves too. So, um, you know, and, and it's, we obviously want to focus on those locals. We want to focus on those people within a certain radius because those are the people that will come here, you know, a couple times a week, you know, yeah. we, we've become the, the local watering hole for, for, uh, for these folks. Um, you know, the, 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 the people that, that travel for beer, uh, you know, that, that are just looking for hype or, or things like that. I mean, they're, they're good for a certain amount of time, but you know, that's that whole, that whole thing has changed now too. Right. Like yeah. people that, that used your beer as uh, like currency before, <laughs> yeah. uh, now they don't have to because all of those other great brands are on the shelf up here. So, um, and that's just, I think, you know, again, post COVID, you know, just the, the, the new world that we live in. Um, one thing it, it it seems hard to believe that anyone near you would be unaware of vitamin C. Cause I feel like I would go to that town and everyone would just be wearing a vitamin C hat or shirt or anything. Cause if, there- if there's <laughs> one, if there's one brewery, I think about, uh, uh, having their merch game on point, it's vitamin C. Yeah. So, I give, I, I give my, my, one of my partners a lot of heartburn with all that spending on merch, but, so is uh, that, it, but the, it is everywhere. It is everywhere. Yeah. Is that you? Um, that is the driving factor behind. Fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I enjoy it though. You know, it's, yeah. it's fun. Um, I'm a sucker for branding and, and we're always looking to do fun things and Hey, listen, it's people walking around. I, I'd rather spend that money uh, on merch where people are wearing it every day, yeah. you know, a hat on their head than, than advertising for an event or something that, you know, you get that, you get that two or three day push and that's it. You know, like it's just, to me, it, it seems like it's money well spent that way. Um, and yeah, we, we see it and, you know, family and friends and people that, that aren't really aware of the industry. They're like, Oh, look at this. You know, I saw, I was down in St. John and there was a guy wearing one of your hats and, <laughs> you know, play, we, I get those, I get those messages all the time, uh, which is really cool. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's surreal to us. Um, you know, it, it's something that we built, something that we created and, 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 you know, people have embraced it and, and they're rocking it. It's like, that's, that's cool, man. Like we don't ever want to lose sight of that. Um, so, uh, I guess semi-related question, 
Where did the name vitamin C come from and what is the origin of the rubber ducky? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that damn duck, man. It's like taking <laughs> People love that it. duck. I, tell me about it. Tell me about <laughs> it. Um, so, <laughs> you know, we made a seagull too. Nobody gives a shit about the seagull, but <laughs> maybe it's going to take a little bit of time. <laughs> but, uh, so vitamin C, it's funny. Um, back a hundred years ago when I was in school, um, I had a, a class project where I had to create a business and I had created vitamin C surf shop, which was going to be right on the beach in the town that oddly enough, I, I now live in. Um, so I guess the draw was always there for me to be on the coast. And, um, just knew that, you know, love the name and all that. And, and fast forward, you know, knew that I would do something with the name vitamin C, I guess, at some point. And when um, when the, the time came to come up with the name for the brewery, I was like, oh, geez, what about vitamin C brewing? And it just kind of stuck and, uh, and people really loved it. And um, I laugh because people are always like, you know, sending me things. They'll go to a store and they'll say like, I need vitamin C and this, that, the other thing. And, <laughs> and I'm like, we don't know the name vitamin C, you know, vitamin C <laughs> brewing, we that's ours, but, uh, it's like trying to, you know, to trademark the name, the word summer, you know, yeah. nobody, owns, nobody owns summer, you know, <laughs> but it's funny because the, the actual location where, um, I had envisioned for this, this fictional business, it's, um, you know, fast forward 30 something years and we actually set up our beer truck there and, and put up a, a, a seasonal beer garden there in the summer, right, right across the street from the beach. So it's, it's kind of come full circle. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I probably would, if it had, had, had we known that that's what would have happened, maybe we would have, uh, I would have got a better grade on that project, but it is what it is now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the duck, yes, the, the, duck, the duck, yeah. So the duck started out, um, I heard, read this story years ago about, this um, container ship that had capsized and all these rubber ducks uh, started washing up on shores all around the, all around the world. I think it happened in the nineties. And uh, I always thought that was a, a pretty cool story. So, um, and I was like thinking one day, you know, as you're, you're trying to create new beers and new, new, new designs and all that. I'm like, what if we had a label with just a, a rubber duck floating, you know, by itself out in the ocean. Um, and the beer was called alone in a drift. So that duck, is the centerpiece of, of, of that, that beer label. And we started putting it on some merch and everything. And, you know, he's, he's a cute little bugger. I'll tell you. So he, <laughs> he uh, Kiever did a great job with him. So he, um, he's just kind of taken on a, 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 a mind of its own. And, and, you know, no matter where we put the dock, um, you know, people go nuts for it. And, and he's, <laughs> you know, he's made, you know, cameos on other, uh, on other labels. And it's just, it's, it's got its own, it's got its own thing. We have a green duck for, you know, St. Patrick's day. And, uh, you know, we've done, we, we put them on a, 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 a label that we released for a beer down in Florida to give our friends down at Wake, Jay Wakefield a hard time about the dolphins. And we, we made them like dolphin, dolphin teal, and <laughs> done a lot of, a lot of fun things. So uh, I like, yeah, I like the nesting ducks. Yeah, that was a fun one. I was thinking about those nesting dolls and I'm like, what can we do? Can we do, you know, what's going to give us the big, biggest impact? And we use a Moai statue from Easter Island on one of our labels. And I was thinking maybe we could do those and, you know, our astronaut or our, our, uh, our diver or our sea captain and the, the duck just seemed to make the most sense. So, Great beer starts with great ingredients. At Havoc Brewing Supply, they offer a wide selection of premium hops, fruit purees, malt, cleaning supplies, and more. 
Their family-owned business is dedicated to helping you create the perfect beer. Havoc offers flexible contracts, lightning-fast shipping, and unrivaled customer service. Join the Havoc Brewing Supply family and elevate your brewing game. Shop small, brew big, grow together. Visit HavocBrewingSupply.com today to learn more. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. So earlier you had um, you had said that if it wasn't for COVID, like vitamin C beer may not necessarily be available in Maryland. Was that a function of like you just having capacity that wasn't being sold through the tap room because of like people? Well, the combination of not being able to and not wanting to gather in tap rooms, or were did you did COVID cause you to? just make expansions that allowed more beer to go out. So we like tripled our business during COVID in the sense that we had to, we had to just make more beer. And we were fortunate that, you know, craft brewers conference was, was going around at the same time. And a lot of the manufacturers had created, you know, had already built equipment and, you know, to, to try to sell. And they had stuff sitting on the shelf and we found out real early on at the beginning, you know, we'd, we'd sell our, we'd sell out a beer in like an hour here. And we're like, what are we doing? This is crazy. And we had our longest lines ever. So, um, we, we, you know, made the choice to, to reach out and see if anybody had tanks available. And sure enough, our supplier did. So we brought a bunch in, uh, to, 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 you know, increase that production. Um, but uh, you know, in, in, it clearly wasn't sustainable in the sense that the way people buy cans now is, is different. Right. So, um, and I guess the way people drink beer is different. People want to go out now. They, they, they're not stuck at home. So they want to go out and socialize and and enjoy, which is why draft has been up uh, for us. Um, We're, we're, we're certainly seeing, you know, more and more people in the tap room and, and they're, they're staying for longer and they're having a good time and, and, you know, meeting friends and all that. So um, I think, had COVID not happened, we probably still would have grown and increased production. Uh, we probably would have done it maybe at a slower pace uh, and just saw what, what was what, but you know, I have no, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know where we yeah. would, would be otherwise, but um, I think we probably wouldn't have had to make so much beer and then, okay, now we have the tanks and we don't want them to just sit idle. So, you know, we, you know, we're, we're filling those tanks there and, and having to send some out, out of market, which doesn't hurt our brand locally. Um, we're not competing with ourselves here. Um, which I think is important too, right? If it, if it was yeah. so readily available here, then why, why go visit the tap room, I guess, you know? So we, um, we spent a lot of money to do, to, to create this place and create the environment and the vibe and, and, um, you know, we want to focus on the hospitality aspect of it, make sure people are coming in here and knowing that they have to come here to buy cans. Even if they go try a beer at one of the bars or restaurants that, that we send kegs to, you know, if it piques their interest and it's a, they say, okay, hey, we got to go check this place out, then that's a win. And are you following the um, kind of like rotating drop model where, like, so like in Maryland, we just got one recently, but we won't get another one for a couple months. But yeah, like it, they kind of like rotate around. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we listen to the distributors, too, and just, you know, kind of get a feel for what they like to do. Uh, the worst thing that happens is you flood a market and all of a sudden the beer is sitting on the shelf. Um, and that's going to happen just because of so much, you know, you send too much down and, and now now you, you're, you know, they, they can't move it fast enough. Right. Because we're one of however many brands. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I, I think that the the either the bi-monthly or quarterly model works well for us. We found, um, you know, certain markets are different. You know, I mean, we send less beer down, but we send it every two months versus a little bit more, you know, every three okay. months. Makes so. sense. Yeah, so that's that's typically the kind of the, the rotation that we do. What is your background? Um, like, what did you go to school for? What were you yeah, doing? Um, just business, really. Um, okay. And and uh, I'm in sales. Uh, I actually have a real job still, believe it or not. This is just <laughs> a hobby. Um, so so yeah, so I'm I'm in sales, um, and that's my you know full time gig. On top of this full-time gig, yeah, as, well as, say, being, you know, as well as being a, a husband and a father too, yeah. you know. You know, you know, there are less stressful, um, less uh, uh, tiring hobbies, right? Yeah, <laughs> I bet they, I bet they pay more too. So, yeah. So, yeah. But now I, I enjoy it. Uh, it this doesn't feel like work. Um, it's great. It's become our social outlet i guess unfortunately i get to see everybody that comes through which is which is fun yeah. and, and and seeing people's reactions which um that that's important again i, I said earlier that we're like artists and, and we we create things and we try to put a smile on people's faces and that's that's you know that's a job well done when we're able to do that yeah and uh going back to where you had mentioned like through covid you had some of your longest lines yeah. i remember when i met you at um Oozle Finch, mm. like your phone was constantly blowing up with Instagram messages yeah. asking when you were going to post the details of that weekend's it's crazy. Drop. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like people like you, you deviate at all from one week to the next or you try anything new and it's like they, you get called out about it. So, but which I guess is great, right? I'd rather yeah. that than people not notice. So, um, you know, I, I handle the social media and I enjoy it, um, you know, for every, you know, turd that's out there that's just going to troll you there's there's yeah. you know hundreds of other people that are that are you know appreciative and, and respectful and and those are the people we want to focus on has um the line life kind of completely died out up there also i or think is it, it is for the most part everywhere right like yeah. um i mean i still see lines from time to time with some of our friends breweries, you know, around the country. But I think overall, I think, you know, and I think part of it too is, Hey, we were open one day a week and we were open two days a week. Well, now we're open seven days a week. So there's not that, that funnel into one day where everybody has to get there at the same time. Right. Um, And we have obviously have more beer available now too. So um, there's no, like, there's no problems with the scarcity of it and that they can't there, you know, they, if somebody comes here, there's, there's going to be something for them to, to try and there's going to be something for them to, to, to bring home. Yeah. It seems like now it has to be something really special mm-hmm. or it's like the Troons and Fidens of the world that mm-hmm. just don't have a tap room yet. And they're, they have that one day a week gotta, funnel where everything's a, and they have amazing beer, and that yes. helps. <laughs> <laughs> that deal, I mean, yeah, that, that really helps. Yeah. yeah, I think the 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 days of people standing in line for mediocre beer is definitely long, long gone. <laughs> well, I think I think the expectation now is is that there's so much great beer out yeah. there that you start a brewery, your beer's got to be great. 
And I think if you don't focus on that first, um, I think there's a, there's a problem. I mean, I've had people say, Oh, I'm starting a brewery. And it's like, Oh, cool. Who's going to brew. And it's like, Oh, I don't know. I'll just find somebody. And it's no, like, you won't. Well, no, that's like, <laughs> that's what matters the most. Yeah. You know, that may like, have worked I, five, six years ago, but that does yeah. not work now. We were lucky. I mean, we, you know, uh, it wasn't, it was, wasn't, you know, it was again, I guess done organically, but we had a lot of hype uh, coming before we opened, which was very stressful too. Cause it's like, if we come out of the gate and we stumble, well, we're screwed, right? Like people are just, you know, if the, yeah, the, beer the was spotlights, medium, the spotlight's great. As long it, as things go the way you want them to. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you get anybody to come to the tap room once, but it's like your beer has got to be great. And the experience has to be great in order to get them to keep coming back and telling their friends. Yeah. We say it all the time. I mean, that's the focus, you know, it's twofold. It's, it's hospitality and it's the quality of the, of the product. Uh, and like you said, I mean, now people have come to expect great quality from the product. So you have to, you have to focus on hospitality as well. Make sure they have a great experience. What do you consider um, your specialty to be? From a beer standpoint? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously we're known for our IPAs, right? That's yeah. kind of what, what, what put us on the map and we certainly enjoy making those. Um, we've been getting a lot of love lately for our stouts, which is funny because we actually make stouts. You know, people don't <laughs> seem to know that, um, <laughs> but we have a lot of fun with those and, and uh, we've, uh, we've gotten a few awards recently for those and, and it's been fun. Um, and those have been, been, it's, it's nice to get those recognized. Uh, but you know, we, we've been doing a lot of traditional beers too. And, 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 um, you know, everything from, from a, um, a Kolsch inspired beer to, uh, you know, ESB to a dark mild to, you know, lagers, whatever. Uh, and we have fun with those as well. Are you seeing that trend up there also of, uh, lagers and West coast IPAs and other clear beers making a resurgence? Yeah, man. I, I'll tell you, it's funny. Um, we are, um, although we, and we've, we've actually, we've added in a few, few West coast IPAs and it's kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, this is why we all started making hazy, you know, New England <laughs> style IPAs, but, but they've been great. Um, it's been a great change of pace for us and they, they do really, really well, uh, in the tap room when we, when we put them out, um, they don't move as fast in cans. Cause I still don't think people are necessarily, that's what they want to drink all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the same with lagers, lagers crush in the tap room, right? It's, it's they're great session type beers, but, uh, in cans they do okay. Um, but not, you know, again, I, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna pass IPAs. I don't think in that format. So, and I'm sure there's breweries out there that would tell you differently and, and, you know, no, a lot of them are like, at least in this area, a lot of them are saying the same yeah. thing. Like they're blowing through loggers in the tap room. West, same thing. West coast IPAs sell out on mm -hmm. tap more quickly, yeah. but the packaged product just doesn't move. It doesn't have the as wide of appeal as hazy IPAs or even like a, a fruited sour. Still right. Moves right. quickly. Now, I didn't mention that too, actually. Yeah, we do, we do a, a, a good amount of those as well. And, and, and actually even seltzers now too, which we're still trying to determine if people want the fruited sour, if they want the fruited seltzer. So it seems like it's the same strike zone. So uh, we're, we're doing a lot of research on that. And then we've been, we've been working with some higher ABV seltzers too, like recreating classic cocktails and seltzer form, uh, oh, nice. which is, that's been a fun, fun project. Yeah. 
the kind of way to tap into that uh, ready to drink cocktail. In a way, yeah, um, we don't. Yeah, we're we're um, we've packaged some, uh, and then it just does well, like you know, for that whole experience. They're very photogenic, and and you know, you, with the garnish and the special glassware and all that, yeah. um, and then just recreating like you know classic cocktails that way, you know. You do um, all of the photography too, right? I do not. No, oh, okay. only have... all the bad photos are probably for me. <laughs> um, no, we have a couple people in house here that, okay. that that do it, and they they they're just so talented. I'm just like, man, I wish I could do that. Like, yeah, because you guys definitely have some amazing photography on you. Yeah, Devin and uh, and Bridget take great great photos here. They're just I'm just like blown away by it. So yeah, it's fun. So this one photo it's like an aerial photo of your tap room mm-hmm. your your merch area is like as big as some places whole tap rooms yeah merch is <laughs> well you know i mean merch is big for us and yeah. <laughs> and and people know like if we've always got to keep it fresh and we always got to keep adding more because if we don't people are just like they're they'll call you out on it like where is this stuff why, why where's the new stuff you know you've created a monster uh-huh tell me about it but it's fun it's um, it's like I said, it's it's one of the fun parts of the job where you you can be creative, and I I love seeing what other people are doing, and I look at different industries, like I look at the surf industry and see what the styles are and, and what people are are, are creating, uh, and I, I get a lot of inspiration from that. And when I go on my trips to you know California or or Florida, places like that, which are very on brand for us, um, we get a lot of uh, a lot of inspiration that way. So, are you a surfer? Yeah, yeah, not as much as, anymore. Not having much time, but uh, but I've got my my uh, two boys, uh, five and seven. They they are they're really into it now too. So it's it's awesome. giving me a give me a new uh, you know way to do things, which is fun. That's something I've never tried, but in yeah. my mind, it seems like an impossible. Just physic, like the physics of it, in my I, mind, does I, not add up. I mean, I started when I was ten, and I still suck at fifty-one. So it is what it is. <laughs> but it's just get out there, and that's like, and again, the name vitamin C really kind of uh, encompasses this whole thing. But it's like I'll get out in the water, and it just—I don't even think about anything else. It just every worry, every complain or bitchiness anything at all it's just it's it's like i you forget about it. it's like what was i what was i mad about what was i upset about i i don't remember now you know so it's it's um it's really like my happy place and uh i'm fortunate to live by the water and and uh and you know have start a family there and and it's uh yeah it's it, it's who we are did you um did you have a lot of friends in the industry before starting vitamin c because uh, well, you had mentioned like there's a lot of um, spotlight on you to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because like when you you open and you hit the the scene, you were you were already like in the circles yeah. of all the most popular breweries. Did you know all of them beforehand or? Um, so I, I really like made it a point to immerse myself in the industry and become friends with a lot of people. Just ask questions and let them try my crappy beer and, and you know. <laughs> just get, get input and, and advice. And, um, and I'm so fortunate that people were responsive to that because, uh, knowing, um, knowing now, you know, like I feel like I had kind of a, 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 an inside track in a way. Right. 
Uh, we try to help a lot of people out as well to, to pay it forward. But, um, but we were pretty blessed to have so many great breweries um, kind of take us under their wing. And I think part of it is just being nice to people too, right? Like we'd meet yeah. these folks and, and they had heard about us and we were very respectful and we kind of, we know our place um, in the industry. And we were, you know, we always joke about being at the kids table and, you know, we <laughs> still don't ask people to collab. Like, it's just like, we want them to ask us because we feel as a sign of respect, I guess, like, you know, if they feel that we're good enough, then, then they'll ask us, you know, um, and I think that's important for, for everybody to, to understand their, their place um, in the business. And, and again, we still look at it that we're at the kids table, right? Like, you know, we were friends with, with all of these great breweries and, and it's, you know, we're, we still get starstruck by it. Um, but I think that it's important, you know, that these people came before us and, and we need to respect that. And I think a lot of people come out of the gate, you know, thinking that they're some established, amazing brewery with, with, with this, with all that cachet and it's, it's, it's not true. You know, you got to earn that. And we are big, big believers of earning, you know, earning your success, earning your place uh, in line, if you will. Um, there's no substitute for that. You know, you don't just come out with a flashy brand or a flashy name or, you know, you, you have to, you have to put the work in, you know, this is not an easy business and we've sacrificed everything. I mean, everything, you know, like, my house is on the line type of thing, um, to, yeah. to start, to start this, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's, I, 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 it, it bothers me when I see people that just kind of start out and it's like, you know, they haven't had to, they haven't had to put the work in, you know, they haven't, they haven't figured out that you have to put the work in, you know, we'll help anybody that, that that's willing to do that, you know, cause we did it and, and we were, we, you know, we were the beneficiary of, um, beneficiaries of, of, breweries that saw that and, and said, Hey, you know what? Come, come with us. We're going to, we'll show you how to do this. So we'll show you how to do that. And, you know, we have a pretty amazing uh, phone book of people that we could call like, yeah. like, Hey, this happened. What do I do? Or you know, why did it happen? Or what do you think about this idea? What do you think about this flavor? You know? Uh, and that's fun. And that's, that's the, the best part of the business is, is how collaborative it is. Um, and, you know, for us, collabs are, are spending time. Like we had a brewery from Germany out last week and, you know, we just sat and spent the day and talked about our kids and our, our families and what we do and, and how the business is. And it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, sure, there's going to be a beer in a can and, and that's great. Yeah. But but the, the bond and the, the camaraderie, the, the friendships that we've built, that's that's what matters. Yeah, it, it definitely have seen it. People in the craft beer industry definitely don't take kind to that uh, cockiness like, because there are so many humble, great people like it, it sticks out like a sore thumb. And just the easiest way to be acceptable, accepted is just uh, don't be a jerk. Yeah, I mean, humility is important. You know, it's a good quality to have, I think, you know. Um, I just we, we, we don't think. We don't think, uh, let's put it this way, we're, we're our biggest, our own, uh, you know, biggest critics, right? Like we're never happy with, with, with what we produce. Like we're always wanting to improve it, you know? And for us, the, the best feedback I get is, hey, I went to your tap room and the people were so nice and they were so helpful and, and we had such a great time and they couldn't have made us feel better. Like that to me is more important than, oh, I love your beer, you know? 
I appreciate that you love our beer and uh, I probably still would tell you five things that I'd like to improve with it, but yeah. I do appreciate that you love it because that's what got you in here in the first place. But the fact that you've recognized the, um, the care that, that our staff has, uh, that, that to me is, is, is what matters, you know? Do you have um, anything coming up or any, any events or any beers that are coming out oh sooner up that you're excited about to promote? Uh, um, so we, so it's funny, we, we actually just, um, we just started a residency at a, um, this really cool old building called the substation in, uh, an area of Boston called Rosendale. So we're doing a, like a spring pop up there and that has been amazing. People have been coming out in droves and it really had that like year one opening vibe to it. So that, that's been that's fun. Cool. Yeah. And we're going to be following that up with another residency um in another area of boston uh for the summer into the fall which will be good um and then uh like i said i think you're gonna see some other exciting news coming from us at some point this year too so can't talk about it yet but um <laughs> but it's uh it's gonna be fun and it's gonna really help us get to the next level i think and then um yeah i mean we've we've got a lot of great um uh collabs coming out and and our our event calendar is you're going to see us, you're going to find us somewhere this spring and summer where we're, we're all over the board. What is the best way to keep up to date with uh, the happenings at vitamin C? Mm. I, I think right now, Instagram is probably the best. It seems to be what we're the most okay. active on. Uh, and it's just at, uh, at vitamin C, like the ocean SEA brewing, uh, com. I'm sorry, at vitamin C brewing. Uh, and then our, our, uh, you know, our website too, which will link they, they the Instagram will link you to pretty much everything yeah. uh, in our bio, but uh, but our website keeps everything up to date as far as what we have in cans and what we have on draft and where we are, all that stuff. So, do you have some time to answer some intentionally stupid questions? I do, I do. Okay. I'll try my best. <laughs> Although first, I need to uh, compliment you on your mustache. Thank it you. Is, yeah, it is. It's to the point of being so phenomenal. It looks fake. I'm, uh, like, it's, it's funny. That's like the only thing that's like not fully gray and people <laughs> are like, Oh, are you coloring your mustache? And I'm like, no, if you look close, you'll see there's a few gray whiskers in there, but, uh, but it's, it's, uh, what I remember my hair on my head looked like. So, uh, all those years ago, it is, it is I, quite an epic mustache. Thank you. I'm going for that full, uh, full uncle mode, you know, uncle Dino <laughs> mode, which, which I've been appropriately, uh, named in this industry. So, so I'm all of a sudden I'm old. So. <laughs> All right. Who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Uh, I mean, I would have to say a ninja. That's wrong, but I okay. respect your opinion. All right. Uh, I what, should go with pirate, right? But I, then again, we don't have I, a pirate character, so. Um, I really thought you would go with pirate. Of all people, I thought you were going to get it correct with the the whole sea thing and stuff. And like, you yeah. could easily turn a rubber ducky into a pirate. I get so I'm You're slightly, onto something. I'm slightly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does pineapple belong on a pizza? So th this is a very, very tricky one for me because I love <laughs> pineapple and I love pizza. I actually eat pineapple every day. I love not. pineapple. And I, I, the, the, Literally uh, every day. The water I'm drinking right now has the pineapple yuzu vitamin uh, liquid IV in it. I love pineapple. I, I almost think that I would rather have pineapple on pizza without the ham. Um, I think, I, I don't think ham belongs on a, on a, on a pizza. Um, 
so I guess I I guess I guess yeah I guess it, it's okay. Uh, the correct answer that. is gonna, no. It does all not. All right. Belong. Well, I'm gonna I know I'm gonna catch a lot of grief for this one. <laughs> the the correct answer is no. It absolutely does not belong on a pizza. <laughs> I would probably be swayed pretty easily yeah. too. <laughs> All right, let me give you an easy one. All right. What is the best color of Starburst? So again, I know. Oh, I know. I, no, no. I know what the. <laughs> I know what the. I know what the common answer is, which is the, the pink. But yes. I like yellow. I like lemon. I'll be honest with you. Okay, so you can. Are you familiar with Sagamore Spirits? No. Uh, it's a. They specialize in rye whiskey. They're okay. a real big distiller. He had he said to send any one of you maniacs uh, to him because he has a drawer full of yellow. <laughs> oh, awesome! I'm telling you, send him my way. I'll give you my address and my FedEx number. I love him, um, which is great because my kids like all the other colors. So, yeah. and they like Starburst. So I'm always I'm always making out the deal. Uh, you're really bad at these questions. I know I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm not good at brewing. I'm not good at anything. Is, is Nickelback? Well, you're good at merch. We uh, and right. mustache growing. All right, so I, I got a couple things for going for me. Is Nickelback a good band? No. Okay, you got one. Actually, I don't have a strong opinion about that. But by popular uh, uh, memes, you got that one correct. All right. Good. <laughs> uh, who would play you in a movie about your life? Oh, that's a good one. Uh I'll tell you who could play me is probably Paul from Mortalis because he apparently does a a, 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 a home run of a impersonation of me. So, which I've yet to see, but everybody keeps telling me about. So, and I don't even know if he knows that I know that, but I, I'm going to say Paul from uh, who I call Steven Seagal. He's got that little <laughs> ponytail thing going on. Did you recognize that? <laughs> <laughs> Like we didn't even I, plan this. Yeah, I know. That's why I, <laughs> and I just went, I was going through like putting sound effects on my board and I had a, a snippet because I think Paul has the most amazing laugh ever. So I, I put amazing. one of him there. <laughs> he is amazing. And I love him. It's funny. He and I started in like the same homebrew group uh, on okay. Facebook years ago and Sean from uh, halfway crooks as well. And a couple others. It's kind of funny to see it. That everybody's uh, you know, has, has made it. The next yeah, I would, I, I would say it would be him. The next time I see him, I'm absolutely asking to see that. Uh, he won't do it in front of me. Yeah, I think he's afraid. <laughs> I mean, he would be really easy to do a personation of because all you got to do is replicate that laugh. <laughs> oh, it's it's it's, it's, it's magical. <laughs> yeah. um, if you were having a plumbing issue, who would you hire, Mario or Luigi? Oh, Mario, Mario. You think he's the the more competent of the two? I mean, he's the G of the group, right? So I would yeah. have to say, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Oh, you're killing me, man! I I have to go creamy. I don't have a strong. I mean, I definitely prefer crunchy, but they're both fantastic. So you Absolutely, can't fault. all the peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> what would the name of your autobiography be? Um. Autobiography be probably there goes the neighborhood. I always use that that phrase all the time. <laughs> Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Can I tell you something? I'm going to go on record saying this. You know, I've never seen Die Hard from start to finish. I've only seen like snippets here and there. So to me, Christmas Vacation is a Christmas movie. Die oh, Hard I've... plays on Christmas. 
but I don't think it's a Christmas movie. My wife and I watch uh, Christmas Vacation every year while she wraps the Christmas presents because I'm horrible at wrapping. <laughs> um, yeah, I I actually honestly don't know if I've ever watched from beginning to end because the last time it was ever on a TV in front of me was when I was a kid and my dad was watching it okay. because he loved Die Hard. But I don't know that I have actually seen yeah. and I, I definitely have not seen the sequels no it just seemed like a good question to ask <laughs> what is the best robin williams movie the best robin williams movie boy um i mean mrs doubtfire was great i still like jumanji too though the correct answer is a one hour photo i've never seen that oh uh, it's great it's fantastic it's very different it. than his normal uh, stuff. Okay. It's actually quite demented. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you were a Spice Girl, what would your name be? Probably Hazy Spice. Uh, that, would, that would work well. <laughs> All right. One more. All right. If you won the Powerball, what is the first thing you would purchase? First thing I would purchase if I won the Powerball. Hmm. Boy, that's a good question. Probably a shamrock shake. <laughs> well, what if you don't win in March? Oh, yeah, that's true, too, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I a, guess, though, if you one. show up someplace oh. with uh, Powerball winnings, you could probably make a shamrock shake happen. Yeah, you want. <laughs> absolutely. Switch it to an all-year thing. I just haven't, yeah. I haven't, ha I haven't had one this year, so I, I, it's kind of on my brain right now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not really one for for uh, buying a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Probably, probably, probably pay my house off. Pay my mortgage off. That'd be nice to not have to worry about that all the time. The Shamrock Shake is kind of an amazing thing. It's not very good, but no. you still want one every year you when they come to. out. It's just you have to do it, right? And then, because like, I always, I always end up getting one every year, yeah. and then I drink it. And I'm like, why? I don't understand yeah. why I was excited to get this. Why did I just put myself through this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, one more. I do need to know, I'm, do you think a hot dog is a sandwich? Well, I mean, what's if it's not a sandwich, what is it? A hot dog. A hot dog is a hot dog? <laughs> I don't I mean, Some it, people have called it like um, American taco. Uh, there's, I'm going to say yes. I like hot dog. I'm going to say yeah, it's a sandwich. Okay. Yeah, I don't I'm have a strong opinion either way, but I'll, I'll just that. agree with you. It, All right. It, well, I, actually, one person made a very good point that – to be a sandwich, you need to have the bun cut. That, like, if it's folding onto it, that can't be considered. Well, what about a, like a sub, or what do you guys call them? Hoagies? You guys hoagies? Down no, there? they're well, no, they're, they're still they're subs in Maryland, but where I grew okay. up in Pittsburgh, they are definitely a hoagie. Hoagie, right? But yeah, yeah you're right. A hoagie is has a fold folding over bun. There so you go. we're just MythBusters. This is a this is a tough question. I'll have to put more research into that one and thought. You get back to me for the next for <laughs> yeah. the next uh, the next interview. All right, Dino, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I'm I'm sorry it took so long. I know we've talked about this for a few years. So, and even after you aggressively asked me why you were you had never I been know. on, <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad. I 
I uh, I just appreciate your persistence. And, uh, <laughs> I just figure like every every few months I'll just uh, reply to the email. Please, yeah, no, I'm trying. I'm finally getting caught up on these, which is good because I I do enjoy doing them, and and uh, you know obviously we're buddies, and I appreciate uh, I appreciate all the support and everything that you've given us all this time. So, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.